Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the the Word of God in relationship to what it says about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and how the Holy Spirit functions in the life of every true believer. And we're actually getting some big picture things of how it functions within the body of Christ, how we relate to one another. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, which is where we've been in the most recent episodes. And we're just going to pick it up with uh, verse 23, which is a, a, a verse conclusion. Again, you'll sort of forgive me, I'm still recovering from the ravages, as they say, of the common code. Hang on a second. Ah, there we go. A little swig of water, right? I'm usually good for about two minutes after that. So anyway, this is 1 Corinthians 14, beginning with verse 23. Therefore, ah, there we go. We got a term of conclusion, right? Therefore, well, what's the therefore, therefore? He's been speaking of tongues. He's been speaking of prophesying. So let's see what he says about it. Therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speaking tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? <laughs> Isn't that great? And so the idea behind this is uh, Paul's already said, hey, I wish that you all spoke, spoke in tongues. Okay, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I wish y'all did it. I wish you all would prophesy. He said, I'd rather speak five words that I know with my mind would be understood by the people here than tens of thousands of words that would not be understood. He's saying here, if everybody is speaking in tongues and it's all just tongues without any interpretation. Remember that caveat from earlier in this chapter? He said, I'd rather you prophesy than tongues unless you have an interpretation. And then it's on an equal plane because you understand. That's the whole point is that there's going to be understanding as to what's been spoken and the body will be exhorted, will be encouraged, will be edified. So he says, but if everybody is speaking in tongues and ungifted men, those that don't have the gift of interpretations of tongues or unbelievers, those that don't have the Holy Spirit who are not saved, if they enter in, are they not going to say that you're mad because everybody's gotten up and they've shared and they've spoken in languages that nobody understands. So Paul says this in the next verse, verse 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all. He is called to account by all. And so, again, that whole point of prophesying is that you're speaking forth the truth and the word of God. When you sit there and if you're a true believer and you look at somebody, you tell them God loves you. You have just prophesied the truth of the word of the Lord and the heart of the Lord upon them. Okay? Prophesying is just speaking forth the truth. Now, there is the element, again, a prophesying to where you're speaking forth something that is happening in the future, or you're speaking forth the truth that you may not have had another way of knowing. And so you see these things functioning together quite often. Someone may be speaking, prophesying, and a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge will come. Uh Perhaps you've had that happen before when you're speaking. All of a sudden you knew something, but there's no way that you could have known that. But then you find out that that was true. Okay? Word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, 
Uh, knowledge is along the line of just pure information. Wisdom is along the line of what to do with the information that you have. So he says, if one prophesies and the unbeliever, the ungifted man enters, that unbeliever, that ungifted man is going to be convicted. And he's going to be convicted by the word. He's called to account by all, by the prophetic word. Now listen to verse 45. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. When we are functioning together as the body of Christ, when we're worshiping, when we're speaking forth the word, particularly as we are prophesying because people can understand it within the language that we know, the power of the Most High God moves, and the secrets of the heart are revealed. It, the secret, and it, this isn't the idea that the whole church is going to know, oh, you sinned and you did this, you did this. No, no. The Spirit of the Lord is going to move upon that unbeliever's heart, and they're going to be convicted by the Lord. There's also the thing that sometimes somebody gets buried and they'll be prophesying, they'll be speaking forth the truth, and all of a sudden something just goes through your mind. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. <clears throat> There's a pastor I met once, and I know the church. I've been to it several times. It's a good church. And uh, he was preaching one Sunday. And he was getting to the end of his message, and all of a sudden this went through his mind. A thought went through his mind, and he went, whoa. And he just stopped a second. He stopped preaching. And it's, it's a large gathering, and he walks over to the section of it, and he looks, and he just felt like he said, someone right here is thinking of taking their life today. Well, you could imagine the hush that fell upon the audience at that time. And he just stood there. And he told him, he says, you're here because God loves you, et cetera, et cetera. He says, as a matter of fact, and as he was speaking, the Lord kept giving him more words of knowledge, okay? And he spoke it forth. And he said, as a matter of fact, he walked along, and he was just looking and looking and looking. He walked down a road, and he looked down an aisle, and he went, it's you, isn't it? And the Lord revealed who it was, and it was a lady that was there, and she left a note at home saying that she was going to go to church, and then she was going to go out and take her own life. She actually had the, uh, uh, the weapon on her at that time to take her own life. But that prophesying, that word of wisdom, that word of knowledge, the revealing of the secret of the heart. See, she knew what she was going to do, and nobody else did. The Lord revealed that secret to this man of God who turned around and, and the woman repented, and she was restored. And last I heard, she's living a wonderful life, right? So he, here's what he's saying. Let me start at verse 24 again. If all prophesy and an unbeliever or ungifted man enters, <clears throat> he's convicted by all. He is called to account by all. Excuse me. <coughs> there we go. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. Isn't that amazing? When we do and we function the way that God wants us to as the body of Christ, the Lord will move this way. He will do wondrous and marvelous things, okay? Here with just a, a spiritual gift of prophesying, <clears throat> the secrets of a heart are disclosed, and the person falls on his face and worships God. Obviously, a picture that he's being transformed, okay? Let me read the next verse, and we'll back up again in the next episode and pick it up. Paul asks this question, verse 26. What is the outcome then, brethren? In other words, what's the point of all this? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, 
has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. That's the bottom line that he's been shooting for ever since he started back in chapter 12 and dealing with uh, spiritual gifts. And in chapter 13, when he said, let me show you a more excellent way. And he talked about the way of love. And then beginning in chapter 14, <clears throat> when he's using the example of prophecy and tongues and the struggle he knew that was going on. The bottom line is everything must be done for edification, but nothing's to be thrown out. Notice he didn't say, no, you can't have a tongue during corporate worship. No, you can't have an interpretation. No, you can't have a revelation, a revelation. That's interesting. But he says each one has a psalm. So someone may stand up and read one of the psalms and one of the scripture. Each one has a teaching. Someone else may have a teaching. I was in a portion of the body of Christ for several years where there might be two or three of us that would preach on any, and teach on any given Sunday. And a lot of times we didn't know. And you see, we'll see later on in this chapter, that uh, if someone is prophesying about something and someone else feels like they're supposed to say something, let the first guy sit down, the next one stand up and continue on. Okay? The whole point is if each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, that's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge about something, they have a tongue, has interpretation, regardless of what it is, let it all be done for edification. Let it all be done for edification. Again, take these words before the Most High God. Go back and read the 14th chapter and just say, Lord, what is it you're calling us to do? And let's see what he does, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you later. Goodbye.